0: Good morning. It is ten oh seven, and in about twenty minutes, about twenty after—well, maybe that's fifteen minutes. <laughs> Let me do my math here. Uh, we are going to have uh, RNC Deputy Communications Director Nathan Brand on uh, talk about uh, GoTV, uh, GeoTV and uh, the uh, general midterm outlook. Uh, we're less than a week out. He'll be on. Uh, he'll be on board uh, to chat about this. But first. Dr. Aaron Headland is with us, chief economist at the Show Me Institute, and we'll chat about the Fed's decision on interest rate hikes, what he expects in the uh, jobs report, uh, and a brand new analysis uh, over at Show Me, uh, talking about the way Missouri state government gets and spends federal dollars. So, with that in mind, Aaron, welcome. How are you? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm Doing very well and glad that you're with us. Uh, this Fed uh, rate hike, uh, 75 basis points, it, it's really getting kind of steep out there if you're looking to, to buy a car, buy a house. Uh, I would think that's going to affect the economy. And at, at these rates, uh, it may be a little lagging, but it's, it's going to slow things down, don't you think?
1: Oh, absolutely. And you're already seeing that in the housing market. I mean, with, with mortgage rates now at, over seven percent uh, the most recent GDP numbers had housing investment down over twenty percent house prices are starting to tick down the market's really slowing, and uh, of course that'll they 'll spill over into other areas of the economy as well
0: yeah if i 'm not buying a house i 'm not fixing a house uh, 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 if it's it just it's going to you 'll pardon the expression trickle down uh, through the uh, through the entire economy. Well, it, it, you know, the lagging indicator really for a recession is the jobs numbers, but they seem to be holding up. What do you expect on Friday?
1: Yeah, the jobs numbers have been holding up. But again, and that's not entirely surprising because the, the, the jobs market does tend to lag the rest of the economy. And what you see, though, is consumer spending is pretty flat and consumer confidence is very down. So... Unless something changes real quick, it's it's only a matter of time before things continue to weaken even more. I would say this Friday, you know, I expect that you'll still see positive job growth, probably a smaller number than last month, but still nothing particularly shocking. But uh, over the next few months, things could keep getting worse.
0: You know, the, the uh, last GDP report, uh, the administration was tickled to death with it uh, because they said it shows that the uh, – uh, gross domestic product is, is, you know, the economy is picking up, but that wasn't exactly accurate, was it?
1: Well, it's very misleading. I mean, it's true that GDP, the GDP number was positive in a sense that it was, you know, not negative. It was over two percent. But when you break it down and you're looking at kind of crystal ball, what does this mean going forward? Well, you have consumer spending that was up only a little over one percent you had ad investment numbers. I mean, really the only reason we got the number that we did get was because there was this kind of temporary uptick in net exports. And with the, with the dollar being as strong as it is, there's a lot of reasons to think that that will not stay like that.
0: So you, do you think the next uh, report is gonna go back the other way?
1: The way I see this, uh, to me, it's like we're flying in, in turbulence. So one moment, the plane will bounce up a little bit. The next moment, the plane's going to bounce down a little bit. But overall, we're trending down because the reality is inflation is still over 8%, and therefore, as long as it's like that, the Fed's going to have to keep raising rates and tightening, and that's going to pinch consumers more and more, which will create recessionary pressures.
0: Now, the Fed's indicated that they're going to take into consideration the the time difference between when they hike uh, interest rates and its impact on the uh, on the economy sort of implied that that they're they're going to be a little more cautious About uh, future increases. Is is that how you read it? So I think the markets
1: are kind of desperate to try to find some tea leave that indicates the feds gonna stop raising rates and I think the reality is the fed has been pretty clear that as long as inflation stays high, they have to keep their foot on the gas in terms of raising rates. Now, does that mean that every single meeting is gonna be 75 basis points? No, I don't think so, but the idea that the Fed is gonna pump the brakes immediately on on rate hikes, when inflation's still what it is, doesn't jive with me at all. I I think we're gonna keep seeing rate hikes for a little bit.
0: Interesting. Uh, Tell me about this uh, new report over at Show Me. Uh, Various ways Missouri's uh, Getting and spending federal money?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what state legislators and and many others know all too well is that the federal government has very powerful kind of strings that it kind of forces forces states to dance to their tune. And what what this report points out is that the amount of money that Missouri spends that really is tied to the federal government is going up and up. So we actually have less real control over what our priorities are. And of course, one of the biggest areas is Medicaid. Medicaid has been growing as a share of the budget and it's kind of crowds out other priorities. And unfortunately, people on the left always point to Medicaid expansion as this kind of freebie. Well, well, the government's gonna pay for all of it. Well, not really. The federal government pays for a share of it, but then the state always has to pick up the tab. And that crowds out things that really are important for growth. So this report goes into depth not just about Medicaid but across the budget and points out uh, just how much control the federal government exerts over the states.
0: Yeah, They've been blackmailing states for a long time. Uh, The first time I was aware of it was uh, Elizabeth Dole blackmailing states into raising the drinking age uh, and using highway funds to do it. So it's not it's not something new. It's a tactic they've been doing for decades. Is there a way out of it?
1: Well, I mean, the way out of it is to move back towards a constitutional view of government, which is that the states really should be the primary policy-making bodies, and the federal government should be limited to far fewer roles than it's currently taking on. Now, that will require a sea change in political culture, for sure, but it's, it's long overdue because, unfortunately, we're in a situation where States are really hamstrung, it affects their budget, it it kind of takes out this whole laboratory as a democracy idea, which is what we really need to go back to. the The reality is there are many big problems in the country, and we don't have all the solutions to those, and government never really has all the solutions to those. But at the very least, what we should be doing is having each state try different things. But the more that the federal government puts its heavy hand on the scale, the more kind of imposed uniformity and conformity we all have to live under.
0: Yeah, um, I don't see the Feds doing that either. I, I don't see the Democrats doing that. I don't see the Republicans doing that. Be nice if they just started, you know, paying attention to that doctrine of enumerated powers. Uh, but as, as you point out, then uh, with all that money come all those strings. Until finally, the state isn't—we almost don't need state legislators. Kind of ugly, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's unfortunate. So, by the way, how much money did the federal government give the state of Missouri? Do you know? Is there a, a like one big, giant total?
1: So, I don't have that number off the top of my head, but people can absolutely go to showmeinstitute.org and read the full report, which gives not just the total number. It breaks it down by different categories and shows just how much it's increased even just over the past two years, I mean, this has been a long-standing problem, but to see how much it's jumped is pretty startling and pretty shocking.
0: You pointed this out to me today, uh, and I had never thought about it before. Uh, the strings that come attached and to federal money and how little control the state has once they accept it. Uh, it is an aspect of taxation and uh, money grants that never even entered my mind. Uh, Man, am I glad you came on to talk about it. Dr. Aaron Headland, Chief Economist at the Show Me Institute. Doctor, thank you for being on. Thanks for having me on. All right, Dr. Aaron Headland. Coming up, uh, we'll chat with uh, the Republican National Committee and find out about uh, GOTV and, and what they're up to. Uh, we'll talk about the election prospects. Uh, that's all coming up on The Gary Nolan Show. On the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 20 minutes after 10, and at about 10.35, Ron Calzone is going to be on board. Uh, He's going to talk about uh, special tax credits and uh, selling a dead horse. I can't can't wait. (laughs) All right, that's coming up with Ron Calzone, MoFirst.org. In the meantime, uh, Deputy Communications Director over at the RNC, uh, Nathan Brand, is on board. Nathan, welcome to the program. Glad to have you with us. How are you? Thanks for having me, Gary. I'm doing well today. Terrific. Uh, Go TV, what's what's going on?
2: Uh, Yes, get out the vote mode for sure. Um, I'm going to plug this probably a few times on on what we chat today, but vote.gop, as folks are trying to figure out where they need to vote, how to vote, um, are they registered, any details you need, vote.gop. Google it, go online, find it. It's a great resource for folks turning out. But that's where we're at right now. We're in the home stretch. Momentum is on the Republican side at this point. We feel very good um, with just five days left about where, A, election night's going to go and ultimately the direction of our country.
0: I am seeing some incredible numbers coming out of, I think it was Miami, um, uh, New York State, uh, Arizona. Um, I think uh, I'm really stunned at the lack of support for the Democrats this time around.
2: Yeah, or lack of enthusiasm is the other way to look at it. They are just not; they're just depleted. And I, I don't, I can't blame them. You've got a um, complete control of Washington. You got Joe Biden in the White House, Democrats in the House and the Senate running things, and they have run our country into the ground. And it's the economy, is the border, it's our standing on the world stage, is the crime that's out of control in um, Democrat-run cities. Like, however, you want to cut it up, it's a bad recipe for Democrats, and they and they they feel it. And so Republicans are energized. And you're right, the early vote numbers in a lot of these places, in places like Miami, a predominantly Hispanic community, um, a lot of Spanish speakers, um, is going going red right now. As of early vote numbers are very encouraging. It's maybe the first time Republicans win the Miami Dade. Uh, county in a long, long time because that's they understand what it means to have Republican leadership and the direction that means for our country. You no, know, we are we like the numbers we've got, but it's so critical that folks uh, go out and vote. Go to vote. to find out where. But it's it's so encouraging at this point the direction we're headed.
0: Now, I am a libertarian. I'm not a Republican. Uh, but I always thought that if, if Libertarians got to the point where they could be the kingmaker, they could go to the Democrats or the Republicans and say, listen, this is the Constitution. you got to promise me you're going to pay attention to this, that you won't expand the government. It, and it looks like that's what's going, uh, what's happened in Arizona. Um, yep. And, and I understand that the conversation was recorded, so... Uh, That Republican is going to have his feet uh, held in the fire if he if he does uh, uh, violate that agreement. But I am imagining that that's going to help in Arizona. Uh, What are the numbers looking like there?
2: Yeah, it's a it's a great question. Yes. The uh, libertarian there dropped out of the race and has endorsed Republican Blake Masters. Um this is a race that's gonna come down to just a th- few thousand votes. As your listeners recall, the uh um Arizona presidential um election was razor thin um last Last cycle, so every vote's going to matter there. So having the libertarian endorsement there is a huge win for Republicans. Um, But their libertarian candidates and um, liberty lovers—they're—they're rallying around Republican candidates across the country this year because they know what um, Democrat failures have looked like since Joe Biden and and, uh, the Democrats taking the House and Senate. So folks are very encouraged. Um, to see a lot of folks coming home because we need a new direction. And I think that's the, the reality. There's a lot of polls in the last couple of days to show uh, um, Blake Masters up one, down one. It's going to be very close out there. And then Republican candidate for Governor Carrie Lake, she is someone who has been just an absolute um, rock star, and she's going to um, carry a lot of folks across the finish line in Arizona, um, and she's going to be one of those uh, Republicans to watch for a long, long time.
0: New York, uh, Hochul. I, I yeah. you know, I lived in New York. I'm stunned that it, you know it's it's been decades since a Republican uh, looked this good for governor in uh, in the <laughs> state of New York. Yeah,
2: George Pataki. I don't know if any of your your listeners remember him. He ran for president in 2016 too. But it's been a long time in New York. But Lee Zeldin is running a campaign focused on crime. Uh, this is. Like Ground Zero, you, uh, your listeners have probably seen some of those videos—the so New York subways, um, just random people getting beat up on the sides of the road, or kicked, um, kicked and beaten in the subway, or stabbed. It's, they're heartbreaking videos, but it's a reality every day for New Yorkers, and they're going to vote as a result, and they're going to vote for a Republican for the first time in a long time. So, yes, Lee Zeldin, a couple polls have shown him up. Um, but he's going to be neck and neck through Election Day. Um, but the exciting thing about this race is it's the governor's race, if we get that, like, holy cow, it's going to be awesome. But he's also boosting a lot of congressional candidates, all of Long Island, um, parts of Manhattan. There's going to be a lot of races that um, are going to be boosted boosted because of how close that governor's race is going to be on election day and it's very exciting um for what it'll mean for uh, us taking back the house but also for all the good people in new york who are looking for a, a change of direction
0: you just turned the radio on we're chatting with nathan brand he is uh deputy communications director for the republican national committee we're uh you know less than a week from the elections and uh, the numbers are starting to look pretty good for the republicans two more Two more Senate seats that are uh, closely being watched. One of them is in Pennsylvania uh, with Mm -hmm. Fetterman. uh, And that debate was, I mean, that was just a train wreck.
2: Yeah, yeah. If if you listeners haven't seen this, you should go back and uh, just so you don't have to watch the whole thing. His answer on fracking was probably the most telling. Um, They played back his old words saying he would ban fracking. And then he's like, do you still believe this today? And he's like, and he basically uh, melts down. Uh, it's so telling that there's actually a Republican group now running just that 30-second clip unedited as a TV ad. That's how bad that debate was for him. Uh, so that's where we're, we're feeling good about Pennsylvania. There's a new poll out this morning from Emerson and The Hill showing Dr. Oz up two points there. Uh, but this is the linchpin for a Senate, a Republican Senate majority. So I think everyone is... I'm um, doing everything they can to help Doctor Oz across the finish line because John Fetterman is a pro-criminal socialist that would uh, be very bad for the direction of our country. So, um, Pennsylvania is the right way for sure, and I think uh, if we get Pennsylvania, we we take the Senate. That's that's kind of the bottom line.
0: Georgia, uh, that is a, a tough fight as well. Yeah, they've
2: thrown everything they have at Herschel Walker and it will not work. Uh, the guy has been running back, he takes big hits and keeps going because there is no question that Democrats know this one's slipping away from them. Uh, it's just a matter of whether or not Herschel Walker can get to that magic, uh, 50 votes plus, or 50% plus one, um, to avoid a runoff. Uh, your listeners probably recall there was two extra months of elections last cycle because of the runoff in Georgia. They've shortened that period. Um, it'll only be a month this time, but it's whether or not he can get over 50 on election. And that's what we're hoping for. Um, if not, they'll have a December 6th runoff. Herschel Walker is uh, taking it to Democrat Raphael Warnock, who's been an absolute rubber stamp for uh, Joe Biden, the Democrats in the U.S. Senate, and shown no independence and has failed to represent Georgia. So we're feeling good there as well. And the gov race there for sure. Brian Kemp, the incumbent governor, is um, kind of wiping the floor with Stacey Abrams
0: right now. Yeah, I think he's got coattails. And I know there are people talking about split tickets, but I don't think there's going to be that much split Uh, Ticket splitting, I I think that's what's going to bring him uh, 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 over the edge and and, uh, beating uh, Warnock. Going back to Pennsylvania, uh, a ruling from the courts about ballots that aren't properly marked?
2: Yeah, no, I'm glad you asked about this. So the Republican National Committee under the leadership of Ronna McDaniel, our chairwoman, has we have taken a very, very aggressive approach to how we um, are going to take election integrity this cycle. Last cycle, um, Democrats changed a lot of rules late um, and were very litigious. Um, we're we're leading the charge this cycle to make sure that's not the case. So Pennsylvania is a, a fantastic example of this. We wanted at the Pennsylvania Supreme Court earlier this week to um, block. Uh, there's there was an effort from Democrats and a lot of uh, cities and uh, county clerks to try and um, they wanted to count undated ballots, but especially when you've got absentee ballots coming in after election day, you got to guarantee that those ballots um, were cast beforehand. And so there's a lot of questions about that. The judge ruled. The Supreme Court ruled on our side and um, ultimately protecting the integrity of the ballot, protecting the integrity of the vote. Um, So we're feeling very good about the direction Pennsylvania is going on that front. Um, And if any of your listeners are wondering what we're doing at states across the country, um, protectthevote.com is a great resource if you're curious about what we're doing, all these different lawsuits and efforts underway. Again, that's protectthevote.com. is a fantastic resource.
0: All right. Nathan Brand, thank you for being with us.
2: Awesome.
0: Thank you, Gary. Everyone go to vote.gop to turn out to vote. All right. Vote.gop. Glad to have you with us. All right. Coming up, uh, Ron Calzone, uh, it, and it's uh the guy selling a dead horse, uh, but there's more to that, and we'll get into it. Uh, Dave Roland is going to be with us. We've got some uh, questions for Dave, some cases that have come up that I think are right up his alley Uh, including a guy who got fined for having too many flowers in his front yard. And I think Dave has gone to bat in this city before. That's coming up about 1115. Gary Nolan Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. 35, 1035. I'm going to say 35 minutes after the hour. And uh, uh, we've got uh, Dave Roland coming up. Uh, You know, he tried this case, I think it was in St. Peter's, Missouri, about uh, this woman who had put artificial turf down. And uh, she was allergic to grass, and the city sued her, and Dave took up the case. Well, there's another case very similar to that, and it's in St. Peter's, where this guy has uh, too many sunflowers in his yard, and the city is fining him. Uh, we'll see if he knows about that, and if he is uh, going to be a part of any any challenge to that. Uh, there is also a uh, a big deal a decade ago when when uh, Dave was in Washington. Lots of small coffee stands started promoting bikini baristas, and uh, the courts have just made a decision on that. We'll we'll kind of kick that around, but before all that, we got Ron Calzone. Calzone, yeah, Calzone. And, uh, well, he has, among other things, tax cuts, special tax credits, and the guy who sold a dead horse. How intriguing is that last one? Let's start with the last one first, because <laughs> I want to hear what you have to say.
3: Well, I, I want to know, first, what you did to celebrate National Calzone, Calzone Day this week.
0: Uh, I had Chili.
3: <laughs> you, you do realize that November first is National Calzone Day. I
0: did not know that. Go, um, Google it. But I, I'm I, not. I'm not making this up. But I, I did have chili that day. And for the record, do you know what the uh, weather report is for South America? Uh, no, <laughs> chili That's today and hot tamale. Okay. I couldn't all resist. Right. I should have, I know, but I couldn't. All right. Ron. Well, you know, I'm I'm so glad
3: that you had an attempt at a pun because um, that will maybe make my story about the guy who sells a dead horse less lame.
0: <laughs> oh, no. No, don't hide behind my bad joke. <laughs> That's not going to help you at all. Go ahead. Tell me the story. Well, well what I
3: really want to talk about is I want to talk about the penchant for politicians to tinkle on your leg and tell you that it's raining. And I want to tie all this into the special session we just had in which uh, the General Assembly passed the largest tax cut in Missouri history and also passed a $40 million special tax credit to special friends of special legislators and, and other office holders. But first, to put all that in context, this guy advertises a horse for sale. He wants $1,000 for it. Customer comes, checks out the horse, likes it, pays him a $1,000 on the condition that the owner deliver the horse in two days. In the meantime, the horse dies. The seller delivers the horse anyway, and of course, the buyer complains about it. You're selling me a dead horse. How can, how can you, with a straight face, sell me a dead horse? So the seller says, okay, okay, I'll give you your money back, but I already spent the $1,000, give me a week and I'll pay you your $1,000 back. So in the meantime, the seller sets up a raffle. $50 a chance, he sells 400 tickets. So he sells $20,000 worth of tickets. Obviously he's got more than enough to pay the $1,000 back to the guy he promised to meet in a week. So he meets up with him and he tells him what he did. i raised raise this money and, and here's your $1,000. And so his his buyer, his first buyer, he says, well, wasn't the raffle winner upset? When you delivered him a dead horse, he said, of course he was upset. So I gave him his $50 back. (laughs) Uh, Very good. So so he walks away with $19,950 profit. That's kind of what I think happened in the special session this fall, when the Missouri General Assembly met, and they told everybody that they're going to give them the largest tax cut in Missouri history. So if you go to the bill summary for Senate Bill 3 and 5, which is the tax cut bill that passed a couple weeks ago, it explains that the current law was already setting up a reduction for the top rate of income tax to an eventual 4.8%. It's going to take some years to do that, but it was going to end up 4.8%. 4.8, keep that in mind. So this new bill they just passed, reduces the top rate to 4.95%, so it's 0.15% higher than it was going to end up anyway. But it also has the potential to reduce it 0.15% over a period of time if certain triggers are met. So the fiscal note for the bill says that this bill has the potential to cost the state um, the first year about $130 million, and then the next few years, between $335 million and $375 million per year. So if you divide that 300, let's say 350000 average, you divide that by 6 million Missourians, that's $58 per person. That's what the tax cut is, $58 per person. But in the meantime, the special friends of the, the special favorite folks of the politicians got a $40 million special tax credit. Now that's not a cut on taxes that they owe necessarily. This is largesse. Yes. This is handouts. This is corporatism, mercantilism that's paid out to the special friends. So that's the tinkling on your leg and telling you that it's raining, but that's not the end of the story. In the meantime, Missouri got $11 billion in COVID relief funds one way or another, $11 billion. So that's like a third of what our state budget had been. And all of that, of course, contributes to inflation. That $40 million in special tax credits contributes to the inflation we're seeing right now, which on food alone is 13% per year. 13% per year. So put all all that in perspective, that means that if you spend $450 on food, that 13% that is contributed to by all of the inflationary stuff that, that Missouri is doing, like this $40 million we're giving in special tax credits, you spend $450 a year, that more than eats up the $58 that you're getting in this wonderful tax cut that they gave us.
0: Wow, way to way to bring it to a close, right around. Yeah, um, we got some wool we pulled over our horse,
3: eyes. We've, we bought a dead horse, Is is the bottom line
0: wow we we really had the wool pulled over our eyes now did Did you talk to anybody? I mean did they realize what they were doing when this was going on did Did you talk to uh rowden or or anybody and say, "Hey, look what's going on here? this is what you're doing and and get a response
3: Well, you know my family has been waiting for years, maybe decades for us to make a trip west. We want. We have for years wanted to take all the kids, uh, all of whom are grown now, and and this time our grandkids, uh, to go see the Grand Canyon in the Rocky Mountains. And we had a trip scheduled when they were meeting in special session, and and I wasn't going to give up this special trip with my special grandkids and my special family for a special session full of politicians. So no, I you know I wrote a little bit about it. I sent some emails out, but I was not able to be at the Capitol and. Raises. Now, something to point out, though, uh, you know, between me and maybe others that have complained and just common sense, the tax credit bill only passed by two votes in the House.
0: That means that uh, a lot of Republicans still voted for it.
3: A lot of Republicans still voted for it, but a lot of them didn't. And the Speaker of the House, the current Speaker of the House, was in no vote. The uh, Speaker presumed, who's now the majority floor leader... Uh, dean Plocker he he voted for it in fact he's he's given a lot of credit for ushering it through you know but uh, there were a lot of republicans that were willing to vote against their you know the guy that's going to be there's more than likely going to be their speaker for the next two years so so that was good you know but so what should have happened you know and i'm not saying that missouri 's forty million dollars in special tax credits is to blame for this thirteen percent inflation on food and eight percent on everything else, you know of course, fuel even more than that, uh, but it all contributes to it. the covid relief money that they should probably have sent back to the federal government saying we 're not going to take this because it 's robbing from our grandkids and our grandkids' grandkids, probably you know the seven trillion dollars that the federal government spent. And you know, a supposed COVID response—that's what's—that's the reason. All that injection of money into the into the, the system—that's what's causing all this inflation. Of course, in the shut, in the lockdowns and the shutdowns and the lack of production and scarcity of certain goods. But uh, we shouldn't have participated in that. And if you're going to take that eleven billion dollars, give it back to the people in a meaningful way—not fifty-eight dollars per person per year.
0: Well, you know the. Um when the president came up with his, uh, we'll pay off your college debt, this is the same This is the same situation the state legislature was in. The president tells you, and you've got uh, $10,000 or $20,000 in college debt, I'm going to pay for this. And you say to yourself, I'm going to stand on principle. I'm not going to take that money because I know that it's, you know, filthy lucre. It's stolen money. It's uh, phony money. But then you realize that you're going to have to pay for that in taxes, even though you didn't collect it. Further, you know the next guy is going to take that money, and you feel kind of stupid. Like, geez, they're offering it, uh, and I'm going to have to pay taxes to cover the cost of it anyway. I might as well go ahead and take the money. Isn't that where the state of Missouri is with you know if if we don't take the money then uh Kansas City will take the money and they'll be better off uh Illinois will take the money but they'll never be better off um but you yeah. get you get the point
3: No I do get the point and I understand that I'm I'm you know th- you're talking to the guy who's sitting at his desk right now looking at a a stack of covid relief checks that we never cashed you know so they sent they sent me and my family money and we never, we didn't cash it. It's sitting here. I don't know why I haven't shredded it. Maybe it's just a reminder. You I'm that hard-headed. Uh, I know other people though that that took uh, their COVID checks and they and they spent it on somebody that really needed it. You know, so they found somebody in need, or they found you know some good project to, sp- to spend the money on. So at least the government wasn't going to use it in a in, a, in a bad ways. But somebody's got to say no. Somebody's got to be the one. That says, I know they just smashed the the display window of this big box store, but I'm not going to go in there and get a TV for myself because it's wrong. I'm not going to steal from my neighbors because it's wrong. And you know, maybe if we if we characterize it more like you just did, it is stealing from your neighbors when when you accept uh, a, a forgiveness of your student loan, you're taking that from your neighbors. Now, many of these people are neighbors you don't, you'll never meet, but. You're still taking from your neighbors. Well, if you, what would you do? This is my, how my wife explains it. What would you do if, you know, you knew that the money that you got from your check was going to come directly out of your next door neighbor's bank account? So, they're gonna, yeah. so the government's going to give you five thousand dollars, a thousand dollars, fifty dollars, but you know that it's going to come out of your next door neighbor, people you know, the people that you talk to, people you may be associate you, you socialize with. You know it's coming out of their pocket rather than a, the faceless masses. And you'd say, no, I'm not going to do that to my neighbor.
0: Well, we are. And, you know, I had uh, Dr. Aaron Hedlund on. We were talking about uh, the, uh, the federal government and the money they give to the states and the strings that are attached to the money and it's almost to the point where you don't need the state legislature because if you accept the money you have to do what the federal government says so i, I listened to that i've
3: already downloaded his report i'm looking at it on my computer screen right now it's good work
0: feel like a mannequin you know or, or what do you call it uh, a puppet that that's being controlled by a few people in washington dc it's really ugly and then the house? Uh, the, 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 the House of Representatives in Missouri
3: actually has a committee. I'm sorry, a place on the calendar, not a committee. A place on the, cal- the bill calendar that is uh, federal bills with mandates, or bills with federal mandates, something like that. So it's a special place, and it's not a it's not a hole. It's not like File 13. It's where they get special attention, where they give these bills special attention because they think they have no choice but to do it. Wow. So, to your point.
0: Yeah. Ron Calzone, MoFirst.org. You want to know what's going on in the Capitol? That's the place to start, MoFirst.org. Ron, thank you for being with us. Thank you, Gary. Dave Roland is coming up, and uh, boy, he's got some interesting cases that we're going to kick around. We'll talk to him about planting too many flowers in your front yard. Gary Nolan, Zimmer, Radio Network. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. It is 1055, and at about 1115, Dave Roland uh, joins the program. Dave, of course, is, uh, well, he's the guy that loves to sue the government to protect your freedom. Uh, Federal tax law for years uh, threatened the tax-exempt status of churches if they make political endorsements. Several years ago churches started openly defying the restriction and mailing the IRS copies of sermons in which they made endorsements, but perhaps because it worries the courts will rule with the churches, the IRS kept looking the other way. Uh, We'll talk about that with Dave Roland. A split decision in the Ninth Circuit holds that there is powerful communicative element uh, in who is allowed to participate in beauty pageants, so Oregon can't force the Miss United States of America pageant to allow transgender persons to compete. <laughs> i bet that's frosting some buns. Um, and then um, we've, we've got this case that we heard about in uh, St. Peter's, Missouri. And I'm pretty sure that Dave Actually, tried a case where they went after this woman because she had too much oh, she didn't have enough grass in her front yard. Uh, so I am really curious to see if, uh, if that is the city and if in fact he might rise to the occasion and challenge the city again. Um, you know, you'd think it's your house you'd have the right to plant whatever you wanted in your own front yard. But in the next segment of the program, after having this conversation with Dr. Hedlund uh, from the Show Me Institute, I am increasingly pessimistic about what it would take to turn the country around. I used to think if you get enough libertarians or enough republicans who would um, would legislate like libertarians, you could stop all this. But I also know that it is human nature to want, when somebody is offering you something for free, that's something. And as I pointed out in the past, Democrats get really violent when you take away their freebies. You you tell them we're not going to pay for your bills. You're going to have to pay for them yourself. You're going to have to feed your own family. You're going to have to find a way to feed your own family. They they get upset. You have to pay your own college. uh, You have to pay your own tuition. They get upset. So now, after this conversation with Dr. Hedland, I'm thinking, we're never going to fix this. It, it It is a, it's an unstoppable force. And we can't do a damn thing about it. So we'll kick that around in the next hour, see if you've got any ideas. Because clearly I don't. And then uh, Ammon Bundy, I don't know if you you remember uh who he is, but he and his family really ran up against it uh in the Great Northwest. He's running for governor. And he has a, a terrific ad out there in Idaho. Um how much time would you have, Brian? We got less than a minute, 10 seconds. Oh uh, yeah, we can't do this. We'll play this for you coming out of the uh uh the uh the news break in just a few minutes, but it is a really great commercial. I don't know if it'll uh, get him elected or not, but it's a great commercial. You're listening to the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show.